Welcome back to Gab with Gwen podcast. This is your girl Gwen. We are reviewing the last episode of I May Destroy You, episode 12, Ego Death. I have my MVPs, Family Affair, back, <laughs> social distancing. So we're going to go through the lineup. All right. So we're going to start with Miss Trinity. What's up, guys? We start with Miss Slim. Hey, 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 Nana's back. Nana's loud. Damn it, you Nana. Damn you, Nana. Jay. Hey. And Ismael. Hey, guys. Made it to episode 12. So we're back, full crew. And we're only going to just focus on this episode. And I'm going to tell y'all up front, we're going to do a bonus episode after this to kind of connect the whole season. But we just want to focus on everything that goes down in episode 12. As you guys know, if you've been listening now, I watch these episodes twice. I watch it the first time. I don't take notes. And then I go back a second time and I like pause and take the notes as I go along. I have to tell you, I'm going to, from the beginning, I know Trinity knows this. I did not like this episode. Mm. I watched it. I was like, I couldn't wait for it to be over. I was like, this bullshit. And then I watched it again and I didn't like it again the second time. And so it's fine for me. Episode 11 was what I was looking for, yeah. truth be told. Yeah. So I got what I needed in episode 11. Episode 12, I was like, all right, sure. Well, I guess, it, did it resolve anything? How could it? So, yeah, yeah. So. How could it? It, it can't. So, n- not what they did. So, all right, I'm going to turn it over to Trinity to go through it, and then we'll just talk through what happened. All right. So I'm going to say that this one kind of, in order for me to get my brain around it, we have to break it up into three acts. I wouldn't mm. say they're necessarily three finales, but they are three separate acts that happen, the visions in the story, and then there's kind of like a little wrap up at the end, right? Mm-hmm. So this one, we kick off with Bella staring at her rapist through the window at Ego Death and his little buddy, right? So him and his buddy, they're cheersing at the bar, and then we can kind of hear her remember the the shots, like the clicking of the shots that they took the night of the rape, right? So then we run through the ending scenes from last week, detailing everything about the rape, fine. And we have now Bella and Terry heading to the bathroom as Bella is saying to her that, you know, she remembers everything. She remembers the rapist, she remembers who it is. And Terry asks her, you know, what what are they gonna do about it? And Bella says that she's been thinking about it this whole time but she didn't ever actually think that she'd finally remember. And so, you know, Terry tells her to stop trembling because she looks like a crackhead. <laughs> and um, that they need to figure out some kind of a game plan for, for what they're going to do. And so Bella, at this point, she composes herself and she's like, I've already done that. So she rushes them into a bathroom stall and she says that, you know, she plans on hurting him. And she takes off her backpack opens it up and tells Terry, you know, put this on, change your clothes. And Terry is super confused. She's like, what the hell is going on? And Bella asks her, you know, what does she think she should, that, they, that she's been doing this whole time that they've been coming here week after week? And so Terry says that she thought, you know, she just kind of, we're just gonna use this to kind of help her self heal. And she didn't really think that they were gonna do anything. No, 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 it. no. She said, I thought you were mentally ill. Mm-hmm. That's what she said. She's mm-hmm. like, why okay. do you think we're coming here? She's like, I thought you were mentally ill. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, I didn't catch that 
little piece of it. Sorry, my bad. Um, well, no, because you're saying it in a nice way. Because you're saying it in a nice way. Probably. You're saying it in a nice way. I was like, she didn't say it like that. She said, oh, why are we coming here? I thought you were mentally ill. That was her reason. That's yeah, what she, that was the reason she came here. <laughs> Um, and then I have that um, they start talking and she says that you know a criminal always returns to the scene of the crime and so Bella then says that she plans on giving him a taste of his own medicine in case that you know because he likely has the drugs on his hands with him so Terry says you know that this is a lot seems like a really big plan to try to use to trap him and so this is when Bella mm-hmm. says, you know, if she's down with the Alliance or not. Alliance. All right. Because the Alliance is spicy blood. So harkens <laughs> back to whatever their teenage years going up with this bullshit ass Alliance nonsense. Right. And so Bella then at this point mentions that they're missing a member. And I'm like, what the fuck is she talking about? And so she points to herself and she says, hook, line. And then she picks up the phone to make a phone call and says, sink him. All right, so then we cut from there to the lady sitting at the table. Now we have the missing member. It is Miss Theo. And I'm just going to let Gwen run with the bad wig because I already know it's coming. So <laughs> but I, there I was a bad that, something else, hold, y'all. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want us to go back to that bathroom stall scene. Sure. When she suddenly starts taking out stuff out of her bag, you saw a glimpse of what we're about to see in this scene. Okay? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> And I was like, you know, Terry's right. What are you doing? What are you taking out? You've been walking around with this? Yes, yeah, she has been walking around with this. <laughs> so we see, you know, they're in ego death now. And I honestly, at this point, want to throw the TV. I just want to throw it. <laughs> Wait, why? 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 Because. What upset you so much? In, in proper fashion, they come with another unbearable wig. Okay? <laughs> and at this point, I'm like, Y'all playing too many games, okay? Because is this a budget issue? Because at first glance, it looks like all Bella did was bleach Kwame's Halloween wig <laughs> and stick it on her. Yeah. Yeah. I said, are we reusing wigs now? Is, is it what we're doing? Because I feel like you're fucking with me, okay? So we see Bella, Terry, and Theo sitting there. Terry has on a, you know, a hat. I guess that's her disguise. She's still been very consistent with her big, her bad wig from episode one. Mm-hmm. And we have Theo there who actually looks decent. She looks fine. And then we also, Bella has on an outfit. We don't see the full outfit until a little bit. But I just want to just say that this bowl cut platinum wig is legit at first glance. Kwame's Halloween wig <laughs> just bleached. Absolutely. And I said, why are y'all doing this? Okay? Because y'all already know that the wig counts in question because of Kwame's Halloween wig. And now you try to <laughs> throw it back in. Okay? So I was like, I legit wanted to throw my TV. And I have to say, like, okay, if this is supposed to be a disguise, ain't this wig super noticeable? Mm-hmm. Well, she's, she definitely stood out in it. And I'm like, and it's, are y'all really going out like this in the UK? Like, do y'all look like this? Well, that just, like, that outfit, what was it, like a vinyl? We're going to get to the outfit. Okay. I just want to start with that. Because I feel like, UK listeners, I need you to comment and tell me. And even though I'm not, you know, the episode may not come out, don't worry. I'll, I'll do a little snippet and respond to you. But y'all really walking out like that? 
Hey, do people in the UK really walk out with wigs like that intentionally? Because this is not right. <laughs> well, Gwen, as a Jamaican, and you are a fellow Jamaican, we, we see bad wigs all the time when we're down there. Okay, and they're, and they're not just pink and white. These things are green, yellow, every color of the rainbow. Good, right? good so it's thing like, you said I can't it, yes. even be so mad. <laughs> you're right, you're right. I mean, I, I, I've, I've said that before. I've said that. Mm. I, I know. But I also, okay, hold on. I think we have to think about different contexts. I think if you're on the island, <laughs> you excusing your people. That ain't right. Mm-hmm. I, I think if I you're on the people, island, I can't give us a pass. I can't. No, no, no. Hold on. If you're on the island, listen. You're you're in a developing country, so you're developing your wig game. I'm not mad. But Gwen, we see them here doing it. So, but listen, but in listen. New York. Hold on. Okay. And this is why I'm going to come to where we. I feel like there's a this distinction, right? And I feel like yes, we see it in New York, and yes, even in London, you do. Okay. But I also feel like there is a difference between somebody who's a fob, who's fresh off the boat, versus somebody who's, like, grown up and been born here. And I feel like even if you are not necessarily fresh off the boat, like, within, like, two years, like, even the first decade, I'm going to give you the bad wig, okay, coming from the island. Because it takes, it's hard to, you know, it's hard. But Bella, she presumably, she's born and raised in the UK. What is this? Yeah. So 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 if if you're from an island, it's okay. That's that's what I. Yes. That was my takeaway. Yes, yes. <laughs> if you're from the motherland and you're from an island, I'm okay with it. And if I'll give you the first ten, even fifteen years of immigration, where you first come here, I'm gonna give you a little pass of assimilation. Okay, you need some hair assimilation. But her having grown up in the UK the whole time and being fairly young and with all the social media. And, you know, where we globally can all see the wig game and the lace front game all, all around the world. Well, you Wait, I, I got to come to Bella's defense, though. I feel like the cost of living is very high in London and New York. So maybe they don't have the disposable income to invest in their wigs. So or, how, or how about this? When you mention assimilation, why can't people just accept a wig as uh, like some folks like platform shoes and patent leather knee-high boots and funky stuff and if she wants to wear funky hair then so be it because she's been consistent with her funky hair i don't have a problem with colored hair you do i don't that's not true because the issue i've never said is the color (laughs) it's the quality of these wigs it's never been with the color because i've shaded the black ones she's had black morticia wigs they all they're on the list all right, they're not all colored <laughs> hair that's on the list. Terry's wig is not black. She's got on a list twice. But so Bella it's, it's looks. Bella looks like if even if she had a good wig, she wouldn't know how to man- maintain it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like she, she looks like she would just throw it under the bed, throw it in the back of the closet, and then shake it out. She, she mm-hmm. doesn't look like she cares for like she would care for it. I just feel like I like you with the ball head. Just stay with the ball head and just be done with it. Why must we go through these? Like, is it Halloween every day? Like, what is it? <laughs> She's giving What's going looks. on? It's, it's a lot. <laughs> it's just a bad look. It's, no, it's, no, it's noticeable. It's visceral. Like, I'm like, what is, like, my head turns like, what's going on? You know, I can barely pay attention because of this stuff. But you touched on something when you said assimilation. So I'm, I'm team, it's your head, do whatever you want to do with it. Just like somebody else may have boring hair, they have the same, um, rap forever and ever and ever 
or the whatever hairdo they have, it's their head. Go with it. I mean, so listen, she, I'm not still, I'm not snatching your wig off your head, but I'm <laughs> commenting on it like, wow, mm -hmm. this is, woo, child, this is a lot to look at every single time when we actually know better. But you know, all right. So anyway, okay. what do you say about her overall fashion? It seems like her she's eccentric by nature, just her mm -hmm. whole true. presentation. So the wigs never really bothered me that much. Like her whole getup is like kind of fits her, just the way that she is. I was kind of thinking now that you bring it up, maybe the wigs kind of symbolize her mood for that episode. Maybe I need to watch them again in that context. Maybe if it's brighter, she's a little bit more unstable. Maybe there's mm. some symbolism there. I just know the quality's trash. I like colored hair. I just don't. I just think the quality's trash. Mm -hmm. But nobody was bothered by Terry's hat, her bucket hat. Yeah, I mean, the bucket that's hat. Standard. That's not really. I think UK no. fashion. I was. I was more. I was more bothered by the bucket hat. I was like, oh, first the dog dish hat, now the bucket hat. <laughs> I, I, no, no, no. Because it's a disguise. She was trying to, you know, cover her face. No, didn't bother me at all. So you know, Terry's in the hat. Theo's there. They're dressed up. Bella is in a dress. She stands up. Well, at one point we start to, but she's in a dress to me that was reminiscent, and I'm dating myself, of Missy Elliott, I Can't Stand the Rain, like the black super garbage bag. Mm, super yeah, 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 yeah. Right, but it's <laughs> cut up in a more avant-garde style, right? So she has, like, it's off, like, one shoulder, and then this platinum blonde bowl cut. I mean, do we see people in America in everyday life really walk around like this, though? Yes. We live <laughs> in New York. We live in New York. I see it in Manhattan, and I just say, what is happening here? But you see, it's not everybody. It's just those one-offs. You know, depending on where you are. If you're in Soho, you're going to see some wild stuff. If you're in the village, absolutely. Especially at night, sure. forget it. Right? So, yeah. I mean, yes. Okay, and it's, it's, it's true. I think... And I hate that I'm doing this. I'm going to stop right now just to stop myself short. But when I look back from the beginning, because in the wig count, the most we got was in episode one. Okay. It was just like, yo, does everyone in London have a bad wig? All right. Because some of them are not trying for this avant-garde or funky look. Some of them is just regular degula and the wigs were bad. So I'm just saying. Okay. So that's it. So anyway, this brings us up in terms of the wig count. I think where we last ended the wig count was with Auntie Lenora, right? Mm -hmm. In episode she had two. 10. And that ended up at 13. And then subsequently, I don't think we had any new wigs until now. So we're at 14. Okay, so wig count is at 14. Let's keep going. I know we, I know we have to stop on the wig count, guys. And I think I called it at 15. I forget, I forget what Jay called it at. I'm going to have to listen to the episode again. But I know I was going for 15. Yeah, no, it was you and Slim. And I think oh, you Slim? said, yeah, one. What did yeah, you have, Slim? Close. I forget. Anywho. All right. So the ladies are seated currently at this point, and they're just watching David at the bar, the rapist at the bar. And Terry's like, all right, what's the plan? So Theo's like, you know, we need to watch him because we need to see what pocket he's got the drugs in. So as he's alone by himself, uh, Bella mentions that it's probably safer for her to go up to him now since his little partner in crime is nowhere in sight, right? Terry seems really apprehensive about it, 
But Bella's like, look, I survived it once. I'm going to just go. So she gets up to go. And Terry is kind of, you know, watching. Theo and Terry are watching him from the distance. And Terry asks if there's anything that she can do. Mm-hmm. And so Theo's like, yeah, how's your dancing? So we cut from those two. And we get to Bella very nervously, you know, approaching him at the bar. And he sees her. She's now next to him. He sees her. He's like, hi, how are you doing? And she's like, oh, you know, I'm good. It's fine. And he's like, you know, what's your name? And she says, Bella. And it's like, if you're in this getup, don't you just give a fake name? (laughs) Whatever. It's Bella is fine. Okay. She asks for his name. And he very intelligently gives her a fake name. He says it's Patrick. Um, And she kind of stares at him. He's like, oh, so, you know, what are you you drinking? And she says, at first she says gin and orange. And as she does so, we kind of see Terry walking by behind her very seductively dancing. And now she's dancing to distract his friend while Bella is talking to him. And then she changes it to a gin and tonic, right? Right. So I'm going to pause here. Mm-hmm. I need to make another wig comment. Sorry. Okay. Mm. So when Bella, she gets up and walks over to him, we now see the wig from the back. Mm. And it actually <laughs> is not Kwame's wig. Because I was like, did y'all really repurpose this? It actually has a slight mullet vibe. It's a little yeah. longer in the back. And so it actually gave me more of a Lord of the Rings elfin type look. Oh my gosh. Okay. And I was like, this is too much. But I just want to say for the record, it was not a budgetary constraint because it's actually not the same wig. It's actually longer in the back. So it's a party in the back, you know, and business in the front. Bold cut business in the front. Correct. <laughs> Which she was doing that night. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> you think about Absolutely. Um, So she gets her drink and, you know, she, well, actually, David gets the drink. David gets the drink and we see him through Theo's eyes. She's looking at him from a distance, toss the drugs in. So she's able to see what pocket he slips his drugs back into. So it's like, cool, plan is on, good. He hands Bella her drink and I like the sequence. I thought it was really funny. You kind of see the humor creeping back in. Again, where Bella, you know, she's taking sips as he's talking to her, but as he turns away, she's spitting it out into her very avant-garde, whatever, high fashion dress. She's tossing the drink behind her head. She's doing all this stuff so that way she doesn't have to actually ingest it, right? And so we see Theo then sneak up to the other side of David, and she's able to reach her hand into her pocket and grabs a little baggie of drugs slips it down her bra. All right. She confirms she's got the goods. She heads to the bathroom while Terry is still doing her dance onto David's friend, kind of blocking him. Right. So now we have Bella acting like the drugs are finally kicking in and working. Right. So we have her kind of playing that little game. We cut to Theo, who's now gone into the men's room and she is, I don't know what she's doing with the drugs, but she's putting it into a syringe. How does she liquefy it? I have no idea because I feel like it was powder. Oh, Oh, yeah. She opened the toilet. I'm so confused about everything that was happening here because I don't know enough about drugs. Oh, no, but she opened up the lid of the toilet. Yeah, but I was like, I didn't know what was happening. And because I listen, I paused this so many times to be like, what is she's opening the lid of the toilet, putting her hand in here. I was like, I have no idea what's going on. And then she puts her syringe and puts in the roof. So I was like, was the syringe in the toilet? Like, what is the toilet? <laughs> oh, no, no. Like, the, she opened, she got the water out of the toilet to make the powder liquid. 
But why do you need toilet water? Why didn't you just go to the sink? I'm confused. Okay, that's a good point. But, you know, I guess Dio wanted to keep it hood and she had to hide out in the stall. Because if he did come in and he saw her at the sink, that might be a little suspicious. Or if any guy saw her. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I didn't know. So wait, what are they doing? I'm sorry. What are they? I don't understand. So she's taking water from the toilet for what? To make the powdered drug liquids to put in the syringe. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, sense. I don't know what the fuck is going on here. I, I know my drugs. Clearly. <laughs> clearly. And I just want to make one thing. <laughs> when he first, when he first gave her the drink, she looked like she was drinking it. I was like, what the hell is, what? Are we not learning? She and, took a swig, but she held it. And, and yeah. And then you see that she starts spitting it out. But like, it was so gross. Honestly, it was nasty though. Like, cause she's spitting it on her dress. She's, I was like. <laughs> but now I mean, this is Bella. Sense, right? This is Bella though. The latex dress makes sense. Cause now it's just going to slide right off and <laughs> so, it's yeah. all good. So strategy, I guess. Yes. Uh, strategy. Good idea. Yes. Good, and good then, you know, it was, to me, it was like a cartoon, like throwing the drink over mm-hmm. your shoulder. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it was hilarious. Oh, God. I was like, this is so silly, but go off. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So she, so it was liquefying. Okay. I was so confused. I was like, was something hidden in the toilet? And she took it out, but she was just taking the water from mm-hmm. there. And I guess she didn't want, to take it from the sink right so that people didn't see it okay got it all right so this is why you need more heads than one because i was like i don't understand what is really happening here but okay you guys made it make sense okay cool so bella's pretending to be drugged now right Mm -hmm. yeah she's kind of stumbling off towards the bathroom uh, Patrick David comes up behind her, kind of grabs her. Like, let's call him the rapist. Let's just call him the rapist. <laughs> the rapist. Every all my notes, time is the rapist. He doesn't have a name the to me. Rapist. He's just a rapist. Yeah. Uh, so the rapist comes up behind her, drags her in, and he starts kicking open the bathroom stalls to check to see if there's anybody in there. Um, and then he takes Bella into the middle stall, right? And so what he doesn't see is that. Theo was now around the corner and she's keeping an eye on things, right? Where so, was Theo? Was she in a stall or not? I was No, confused. she was around the corner of the last stall. It seems like there was a gap yeah. between the last stall and the wall. So she was uh, kind of okay. in there. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Theo is slick. Absolutely. Okay. I was like, is there a closet there? I just didn't understand where she was. I was like, isn't she in the stall? Okay, got it, got it. So then he props Bella up onto the toilet and she's facing him and he slides down her underwear right and green uh, underwear hear, yes green, green. Lace. that was very very like like a mint green why can't you should wear black but why do you care just... about her dress it wasn't mint though it was like a dark green it was like it was a, a forest Ke- green it was a kelly green kelly i'll go with a kelly green but it's bella i mean are these even clean like we know how oh, bella God. is with the drawers <laughs> like we rem- let's recall italy <laughs> But, why y'all care she got to color her draws at least she got on draws so. if you're gonna wear all black i just think like in you're in a you're gonna act like a spy have on black underwear that's just me nobody's doing all i mean if you have a get up in your book bag all these days that you're staking out um ego death bar to, to pack draws too like ooh, ooh, Terry, let's not go out just yet let me switch out my draws let me put on the, the camo draws yeah, I, I didn't care about the color of the draws. I didn't care. <laughs> oh, God. But, um, all right. So he's kind of spinning them around his finger. He's taking them now and putting it into his pocket like a trophy, 
right? And we can hear Bella kind of moaning and saying no as he's continuing on. And then he begins to unzip his pants. And so this is when Bella comes to and she's staring dead at him and he's staring at her wide eyed. And she's like, you know, a criminal always returns to the scene of the crime. And she's like, but who is the criminal? You or me? And then she yells now. And at this point, we see Theo reach under the stall, inject him with the drugs. He cries out in horror. Bella pops up and says, hello, David, and kisses him on the lips. All right. So now he's trying to get the fuck out of here. So he's trying to open the door. She's holding her hand on the door, but she finally lets him scramble out. And as he runs out, his homie sees him. Terry hops off him from her grinding session runs into the bathroom to meet up with the other two ladies who are hugged up in the stall, right? So then we see his friend chasing him down and asking him, you know, what's happened? Like, why is he being so weird? And we cut back to the ladies laughing in the bathroom stall and doing their whole hook, line, and sink him sort of chants or whatever. And Bella asks, she asks to see the syringe, right? And so she's kind of looking at it a bit concerned and she's asking Theo if it was full or not. Theo's like, yo, I don't remember. Like, why does it even matter? And Bella then says, you know, like, he could pass out, he could hurt himself or something like this. And Terry's like, well, he can die for all I care. And Theo's like, yeah, fuck him. Mm-hmm. At this point, Bella tells them that he took her, her knickers off and he has them. So it could be used as evidence, I'm guessing, if he passes out or gets hurt or whatever. So... Theo asks her if she's joking. Bella's like, no. The ladies look at each other and they're like, shit, what do they do now? Right? So then we cut to the rapist storming off down the street, his homeboy following him. And he's like, you know, what's going on? He just kind of brushes him off and tells him to shut the fuck up. So his friend finally gives up and is like, whatever, forget it. And leaves him alone. Then we see the ladies. And he calls him a fucking psycho. Which is accurate. Exactly. But what are you, sir? You're the same. They're one and the same. True. Um, So then we see the ladies pop out from a line and start to follow him. And I'm like, how we get from the bathroom? I thought that was odd, too. (laughs) This is where, so watching it the first time, right? Because if you're watching the first time, Mm. this is like just a sequence of events. So this is where I started to be like, yo, what's really going on? Right? Right. Yeah. Nothing's making perfect sense here. This all seems weird. Um, So they start trailing behind him. And it seems to be like this dude is just walking, walking, walking because Bella is asking Theo. And she's like, you know, did you get it in? Did you definitely get the syringe into him? Because she doesn't seem convinced. And they're just like, you know, yes, she got it in. Like, and, and Theo's like, look, he's pretty much gone out of his mind. And Terry's like, well, how do you know? And they're like, because we're walking right behind him. And he doesn't even hear us talking about him. Right? So they finally kind of let him walk a bit ahead of them. And as he kind of stumbles and spins around, he looks up, he sees them. He points at them. And you can hear him. Well, you can see him mouth the word fuck as he finally collapses. Right? So... Terry's like, all right, Bella, go grab your drawers and let's get out of here. So Bella's so, like, cool. So one thing, mm-hmm. do you, I don't know if you noticed that Bella asked Theo, you know, if she got the syringe in the foot. She's like, are you sure? And if you've done this before? And I was like, wait a minute, Theo's mm-hmm. done this before? <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, wait. <laughs> I was Theo out here drugging people. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, Theo's done this before? Like, what? It, what's really going on? That was just like a little, like a weird throwaway comment where I'm like, Okay, wait friend. a minute. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Is it shade uh, or is it real? 
another another thing is when before she let um, the rapist out of the bathroom stall, she kisses him, and I'm like, what? That's it. I mean, yeah, it was weird. That whole little sequence was weird. I guess it's just her being like, gotcha. That's yeah. how I took the kiss as. Well, I but think this this is all the weird. clues we get as we get to the next scene as to like, okay, where are we? You know, this is the reality, right? So Yeah, like what is happening? Yeah, like we're like, we're, we're getting a lot of little clues like, okay, this ain't cope aesthetic. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. uh-huh. Absolutely. So he finally collapses, right? Tara run, Terry, um, Bella runs up to him and starts searching into his pockets, looking for her, for her drawers, right? She finds them. But now is when things really took a turn. And I was like, all right, here we go. This is some bullshit. Because she says, <laughs> I want to see his penis. And Terry's sitting there like, what? What do you mean? Because Terry's off to the distance. It's, it's Bella and next to her on the other side of the rapist is Theo. And she's like, yeah, I want to see his penis. Because she's like, he saw my thing. I want to see his thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I guess that's fair. I don't really know. But she then asks him, consent, if she can have a look at his penis. Granted, he's halfway unconscious, but at least she asks. I don't know. Theo seems to be going along with it. So Bella unzips his pants. All right. She's looking for it. And as she's doing that, she begins touching herself. Right? <gasps> I which, didn't see that. No, I didn't notice that. that. You I, didn't, didn't I missed that. that. Ladies, you didn't see her slip her hand between her legs? No. Her no. Legs? No. Yeah. Well, Theo I, I even comments. That. Thank you. Theo comments. She's like, that's kind of hot. And I'm like, what? Okay, I heard her say that's kind of hot. But yeah, I and it's about her slapping his dick. I didn't know it was because of Israel her. saw it too. I sure did. I thought she was <laughs> saying his penis was hot. I thought her touching him, like, you know, slapping his penis was hot. Not that. seen her other hand. No, because she said that right after you see the scene where she goes between her legs, Bella. Yeah. Then she makes the comment. That's that's weird. That's weird. That's weird. Yeah. That's why I was like, what is happening? And just like you said, Gwen, that was like another hint to me that, Mm -hmm. okay, this is not what we think it is. Yeah. And mind you, Theo has... um, Bella's draws in her hand the whole time. Right. And I'm like, why? What? Why wouldn't you let your friend have her draws back? Why are you commenting? <laughs> well, well, both of her hands were busy. Both her hands were full. Wow, so. well, this is this is an important point. So we missed it. Thankfully, is multiple eyes watching it because <laughs> we got six eyes that didn't see it, but at least four of y'all eyes saw it. Wow. So she starts touching her. So I didn't see the ice. Heard. Theo say it was hot, but I thought it was the touching of the penis or whatever, yeah. you know, making light of that. Wow. Didn't see that at all. See, so many things happen in the show, and if you don't mm-hmm. watch it with a microscope, you really can miss it. Yeah, and we're watching these shows twice. But right? That's consistent with the her giving him, like, a, a kiss before she let him out of the stall. Why, yeah, like, why, kind of her that's true. aggressive. Yeah. And it's kind of mm. like how Kwame um, was turned on when he was holding the white girl's hands down. Yeah, and mm. he was thinking back. Yeah, to, to when his... he because there was a flashback to his rape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ay ay ay. It's. Ay ay ay. This is. I didn't even. I mean, that's obviously symbolic of. I guess her taking her power back. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But the. <laughs> So, so you're saying she's touching herself as she starts to, like, grab and punch his dick? Yeah. 
Wow. Yep, right before. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's heavy. It's heavy and it's weird and it's like, this don't make sense. Like you said, it's not copacetic. Like something's up. What's happening? Right? So as she's playing with both of them, herself and him, he starts coming too. And this is when she really grabs his drunk, not, like really not, roughly. Not to, not to be confused with <laughs> coming T-O-O. <laughs> <laughs> I love it (laughs) all right and so as she's doing that Theo now takes Bella's underwear and she begins to choke him and so now Bella is punching him as well right and she continues to do this bashing his face in over and over and over again so she gets up she kicks him and then she gives him one last huge punch Theo cries out and now he looks like he's in really bad shape or he's dead. I don't know what's going on. Right? So then Theo says... Theo cries out or Terry cries out? Terry's crying the whole time. Well, yeah, Terry, Terry yeah. Choking him but with With that with last punch, it sounded like it was Theo. Just mm. like, like, oh shit, like, what are you doing? Mm. Um, and then Theo says they need to find somewhere to put him. And Bella's like, I have a place. So but this like, is, so I want to pause. So I was fine with everything up until this point. I was like, okay, definitely this ain't real like at this point i'm like no because since when is bella fight club right right it's true when, oh, since yeah. when bella know how to knock a nigga out like really and then theo why are you choking him anyway like i didn't right. know why Theo yeah. was choking him period with the draws right because i was fine with her kicking his ass real talk but i was like okay this is like a little extreme nobody's walking by and suddenly bella's an mma fighter so I was and, like, and the purpose, yeah, and the purpose of approaching him was to get the draws so that there's no trace of Bella on him. But here goes this supposed friend, um, chokes him, and I think the choke is what killed him. So um, me too. Him. Well, he's he's not dead though. You don't think he's dead? I didn't think so. No, he's I, not oh, dead. I felt I felt he's like, not dead because um, when oh. she's on the bus, he's not dead. You, Are you, you sure? I I thought he was dead on the bus. I, I thought so too. I thought I, I thought Theo had choked him to death with the draws. Yep. I guess the reason I didn't think he was dead is because there's no way that she could carry like a dead body with like dead yeah. weight. So I just yeah. assumed he was alive. We have to suspend disbelief in for the whole episode. So um, how she got him on the bus, mm-hmm. but he's dead. He got strangled. Because well, even if he's not dead, how how is he gonna walk? Anyway, like if he's not dead, he's not going to be able to walk on the bus. Yeah, I because he was unconscious. Right? Yeah, I, could, I guess I just assumed he came to a little bit, like you know, kind of like a drunk, and that's why it was kind of inconspicuous, and everybody just thought, oh, he got in a bad fight, and this is his girlfriend taking mm-hmm. him home. That's kind of how I took it. But the way his head was kind of, how would you say, like uh, falling down on her shoulder while they were on the bus, I assumed he was dead. Like a, out. like a weekend at Bernie's type of thing. That's yeah, exactly yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah, that's what, like, yeah, weekends at Bernie's. And that woman said, boys, we'll be boys. <laughs> now that really, I know that was supposed to be funny, but that kind of stood out to me, too, how casually we associate violence with men. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's kind of like, oh, you know, no big deal. He's half beat to death. But, you know, that's what guys do, so no big deal. Mm-hmm. 
Right. I thought it was all weird. No, this is where we were talking about suspending disbelief. I said, okay, hold on. First of all, who gonna let you on the bus with all this blood on your face like that? Like, people are gonna be like, get off. Like, that's a safety hazard in terms of bodily mm. fluid, stuff like that. And you're sitting there and the lady's just like, oh, okay, like, they not giving you the side eye. Like, what kind of nonsense the two of you into like, yeah in new in new york somebody would have they would have they would have moved a few seats turned a blind eye well no one was sitting next to her it was empty yeah. except for a lady who was all down there so there was no reason for anyone to move because no one was by them but she's not going to just like kind of look at her like ah, oh, boys will be boys people are gonna look look at you like what kind of crackhead you know shenanigans is this like something is <laughs> up with these people this isn't normal right you're just walking around like everything is cool you know his head's falling on you so i didn't get the impression he was necessarily dead i maybe maybe not it seemed like he was you know gravely injured um again i don't know why theo was strangling him with the draws it didn't make any sense to me and we're on the bus and it's like bau but it's the usual like oh okay you know boys will be boys <laughs> and it was just weird like the, the bus driver's gonna let you on the drive. Like who gonna let you on the bus looking like that? Y'all forgetting this is a white man, so mm, maybe, maybe things good get point. maybe things get excused because in this case it's a white man. Whether he's conscious or unconscious or dead, he still uh, commands a level of respect. You and think white privilege is that strong? Yeah, that you have yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, Jay's got a good point. All right, Jay's got a very good point. You know, the other thing that was confusing to me is the fact that they were even on the bus. I mean, you were so concerned with leaving your underwear there, but you're comfortable <laughs> dragging him around. But like, I assume Theodora would have a car that they could just put him in the trunk somewhere. So that was, that's another indicator that I was like, okay, this is just too surreal. It's obviously, you know, in her head. Yeah. I don't assume that any of them have cars, though. They're all broke. Well, it just seemed like a dream sequence because I said, well, okay, if, if we're going to the whole thing that intention of you chasing after him was to get your draws why would you put the draws against his neck why would you punch him and all this stuff like it gets so out of just surreal and then you know if you don't have a car a taxi an uber like what are we doing you know what i mean mm -hmm. so just to be on the but i mean i don't know it, yes my privilege could be that strong it's just a little strange and then again i was like why is it her alone doesn't it take you know, Bella's not this, you know, big, strong woman. Again, she became an MMA fighter overnight, but <laughs> who helped her get him on the bus? Like, I thought it would have been Terry and, or that, at least Theo. Like, you know, right. usually you need two people to help carry another person's body weight. So and maybe they did. Maybe they got him on the bus and then they went. on. Yeah, because they didn't. They just cut to her straight on the bus. And, and it reminds me of that whole friends will take you, but they won't bring you back. You have Terry who is crying, standing afar off while the assault is happening then you have a the opposite spectrum of friend or uh, not a friend but of response in a friend where theo is like encouraging her down this road by strangling the guy with um bella's own panties so mm -hmm. um a person can go either direction they could either lean into the friend that says all right let's not fight or they could lean into the friend that says let's fight and if and either direction you go both of them gonna leave you because they got her on the on the bus and then that's it she's on i the don't think they there. did because i think theo seems down if you really look at all of this theo was way more involved in down than terry terry oh yeah the, terry's on the periphery theo's the one who's you know mixing the drugs getting the drugs injecting him theo's down for the cost and then theo's over there strangling him and all this stuff so 
it to me i don't know if she got left i don't know how you know we don't know enough i was like well where's theo because theo seemed like she would be the one to ride or die to cover up the body blah blah this seemed like it's bella's bright idea like oh i'm gonna take him on the bus home <laughs> you know this this seemed like Bella because theo was down so um i'm gonna give that to theo actually because she was down i don't expect terry terry always been a fair weather friend but theo was down i feel like if that had been a part of the plan she would have it's probably like bella no i got him and you know on the bus like an idiot <laughs> and you know so what's the next scene after the bus they finally get home and she's literally dragging him at this point through the door and into her room and as she drags him into the room we see her then kick him under her bed and it's just like okay what's happening here right so she then starts writing a new note onto her post-it and puts it onto her wall for her big book idea brainstorming business right and you can see that her hands are also bloodied at this point and as the camera pans back to the floor you can see blood leaking from under the bed so at this point are we now supposed to believe that he is dead if we didn't mm-hmm. before at this point i think something's mm-hmm. wrong right mm-hmm. well at this point you're not supposed to believe mm-hmm. anything because right. she's she was she's she's so strong that she can kick a whole body under the bed <laughs> like this is all stupid like i'm irritated like when i see her bring him home i was like okay this is complete bullshit now so now we're totally you know suspending all disbeliefs you know she throws the wig off and like you know sits on the floor and can just you know neatly push him under the bed obviously it's symbolism for mm-hmm. what the therapist had told her on halloween night about putting stuff under the bed under the line mm-hmm. etc so it just becomes pretty clear that this is some type of dream sequence or whatever right and the lighting in the room there's like a pink sort of lighting coming through the window so that carries on for for each act as well um so after she you know writes her notes swipes her hand on the wall there's blood there she ends up taking one of the notes off the wall chucks it and walks out of the room it's nighttime we then cut and we see her in the courtyard and it's not nighttime anymore and we're like hmm okay Real quick um so she's she's putting these post-its up on the wall mm-hmm. last week for episode 11 she i thought the book was finished and and her laying on, uh, in the fetal position on the floor meant that okay you know she's done but i guess not no it's like the notes the the notes were finished but not the book okay. right because you still have to compile it like you still have to make sense of all those notes Exactly. Okay. That's so how I took it as well. Yes. So she's in the courtyard and we see Ben. And Ben, again, referenced this, this loud bird. And you're like, okay, what's happening here? Like, is this Groundhog's <laughs> Day? Like, what's going on, right? And then he mentions, oh, you doing the bar watch thing? The same events are replaying. But the only slight difference I can see is in Bella's face, right, from the exchange. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, you know, she asks him, do you want to come? He gives the same answer. You know, I don't like to go out. Fine. Okay. So this is now act two. Bella is back with Terry, back at Eagle Death. The same events are replaying in her mind of the rape, right? Terry and Bella are now back in the ladies' room for this go-round. 
and Bella is on the phone. She's calling someone. And Terry's like, you know, who are you calling? Bella's like, it's not Nat West. I'm, I'm going to call the police, obviously. And um, Terry's like, for what? And Bella's like, rape, rape, bro. You have to remember, like, I remember the rapist. Like, this is why we're doing it. So Terry now kicks open the bathroom stall. They hop in. And she says, they're not just going to arrest him because you remember. They need evidence. And Bella's like, so what are we going to do? Because we just can't leave. And so Terry's like, well, she's been thinking. And she thought up some kind of a plan. At this point, Bella's confused. And she's like, why would you even have a plan? And Terry's like, uh, because you always say the criminal always returns to the scene of the crime. Okay. To which Terry says, um... Well, didn't Terry say you always return to the scene of the crime? Yeah, Terry says that to Bella. You always heard the scene of the crime. And Terry says to her that, you know, she thought that she was working on something. To which Bella mm. says, I don't generally do that. Like, I'm not, I'm not a planner. Like, why would you do that? And so now, you know, Terry's asking her very aggressively, like, you know, why haven't you anticipated this kind of a face-off with him? You know, why have we been coming here for week after week without having a plan in place? And Bella's like, I'm clearly deranged. Like, that's never up for discussion. <laughs> so <laughs> I've just been fixated on the past and not a future where she's reunited with her raper. Yeah. So for me, I, like, this was the realest conversation here. I was like, hold on. <laughs> I put a bunch of checks on my uh, check emojis on my notes here because I said to myself, okay, my expectations were too high in that first rendition because mm -hmm. truth be told, this is Bella. So why would she be working on something? And I'm like, wait a minute. My expectations are too high. Bella doesn't do that in general. That's facts. And yes, Bella is deranged. And we should know that. So I was like, thank you. This is actually very real. Why was I thinking that first uh, situation could have been feasible in any perspective? Since when has Bella ever prepared anything? Never. I looked at this as the last, um, the last scene was Bella imagining how it would go if she has to rely on herself and Terry is um, not whatless but just you know not of a, a central part of her plan and this is um, the fantasy of Bella having a best friend who just um, has her back to the and has her front all at the same time and she could just count on her to even save her but Theo helped her in the last one, though. She had a friend. Theo was her ride or die in the last one. Yeah, but it's more like um, the whole torn thing she has about Terry. Because one minute, Terry is her friend. And the next minute, Terry is the one that told um, this fella, Simon, to leave her. Well, so let's, let's go torn. through. No, go ahead. Finish the thought. But I said, let's yeah. go through each scene and then I think talk about comparing them like whose perspective they're from because I think there are a lot of different theories on this so mm -hmm. go ahead okay. I'm sorry all right so yeah so Terry then says you know she's got a pretty good plan um so we need to orchestrate it and to make sure that they put him into prison for a very long time you know she says that there are some things that she wish she could have done differently but she's here this time and she's gonna help and you know she just needs Bella to trust her with this they do their alliance's spicy blood comment, but it's very unenthusiastic uh, compared to the first go round. And um, so Terry then divulges that the plan is going to involve a lot of cocaine. Okay, because uh, 
Bella seems a little bit um, uncertain about it. I guess well, she's no, been she needs going the cocaine to, to stay up. No, she needs to do the cake, the coke to stay awake. And Bella's like, I'm not sleepy. She's like, you will be. <laughs> so you right. But Bella's like, you know, what's going on? And yeah. it's like, it shouldn't be that big of a deal because we know Bella loves drugs. But yes, to your point, she needs to do a lot of it. And I guess that that's kind of like what she wasn't necessarily prepared for. I don't know how many lines she ends up doing. But um, she does her coke, fine, in the bathroom. Now we see the ladies sitting at a table inside Eagle Death, and they're watching David from a distance. And the plan is that whatever David's going to give her, it should balance her out. Um, So she's really hyped up at this point. Cocaine's kicking in. She ends up getting the green light to go ahead and approach him. And she starts, you know, just very manically dancing towards him, bopping around. She's totally out of control. It's like Bella in Italy again. Um, and she heads up to him and he gets her a drink. And we then see Terry walk up to his friend and begin grinding up on him very, you know, seductively. Again, providing the distraction. And while that's happening... Bella is kind of bopping around at the bar and we see a doppelganger of her. We see someone dressed up in her, dressed up as she was dressed the night of the rape. Pink wig, same jacket. You same saw that? Dish. You didn't see that? No, I didn't see What it. are you talking about? Yeah, I missed it too. All these I missed that too. You missed that? Yeah, I saw that. Wait, too. what are you, wait, what Thank are you Thank you, Ismael. Oh my gosh. Thank Trinity you, and Ismael are watching, catching the stuff. <laughs> what Hold is on. happening? No way. (laughs) Oh, yeah, watch it again. Watch it again. Wait, hold I'm confused. At what point? Because I have a bunch of little notes here that are not there. Exactly what moment are you talking about? It's right after the camera pans, after Terry's dancing up on his homeboy, who's sitting off in the booth off to the side. Yeah. cut back to Bella and the rapist. Bella sees him putting powder in the drink. At this point, she sees him putting powder into her drink. Um... And, and, and you say, and at this point, she turns yes. and sees what? Yes. A doppelganger of herself. Oh, I caught that. Wave, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Same jacket. Yep. Walking by her, by the both of them. Yeah. I thought, yeah. I thought it was a flashback. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, yes, we see David finally spike her drink. Um, and he asks her, you know, what does she do for a living? And she's like, I'm a fire starter. And then she says, oh, I'm an actress. Um, to which he says, you know, is there anything that she's been in that he should have seen? And she says, no, not yet. Um, and then she's like, well, what do you do? And he's like, oh, I work in finance with my friend Michael, which is a lie. That's not his friend's name, but, you know, sticking to that bullshit. So well, that's not the drugs name? are. Uh, no, his name is Tariq, the friend. Is it? Oh, mm-hmm. okay. I don't know. How do you know this? <laughs> First episode. Mm. Okay, keep going. <laughs> Um, so now it seems like the drugs are kicking in and she's getting a really one-two punch of like uppers, downers, whatever the plan was. It's not really successful because I don't think it's balancing it out. If anything, it's just making her even more fucked up than she probably should have been. Um, so she is now wobbling her way. This this whole plan was very confusing to me. It was. Because I was like, she does coke. (laughs) And and the second time I was like, so she's drinking the drinks? So I'm like, but... Is this some type of elementary school psychology? Because that's not how it works. Like, you don't do uppers and downers and it balances it out. Like, that's that's literally, that's not how it works. Wait, so how does it work? 
that's just you you can't do that like you're this is not that's not how it works <laughs> that's not how it works that's not how it works that is like very elementary school logic like you can't do an upper and then do a downer that means i'm going to be fine like basically you're just giving yourself a recipe to have a heart attack pretty much but uh, but then it served its purpose because the no, coke this is could fake that's not how it, it's literally not how it works i have friends who like when I saw some of this, I had friends who did coke a lot in college. Don't judge me, but I did. I never did it. And it, it doesn't work like that. It, it doesn't, it, like, that's what people think is like an urban le legend, an urban myth. It doesn't. It actually, if you do uppers and you do downers, you actually just get time to get really sick and you usually speed up your heart rate. And a lot of time you end up going to the hospital. You, you don't, it doesn't, like, make you, like, oh, I'm in the middle. I'm fine. Oh. In that Denzel yeah. Washington movie where he was the pilot, he did downers because he was thoroughly drunk, and then they wanted him to testify, so they gave him um, coke. To yeah, I remember him. that movie. So I, gu I guess the reverse works, but just not uppers. And Neither works. These are movies. Oh. Neither works. The thought works in real life. It, it doesn't. Um, it doesn't work like that. So anyway, so I was like this. So again, I was like, this is even getting worse like this is a worse version rendition anyway i'm sorry I, i'm just gonna put this out here i hated this whole episode so <laughs> that there's that no uh, it's fine i just hated this whole episode so go ahead this is all stupid <laughs> like this is like really but all right so bella's now ma unsuccessfully making her way to the restroom right and you know the rapist is behind her and kind of following her in and then we see terry pop up from giving her little lap dance grinding session to make a phone call so now we cut and the rapist and Bella are in a restroom stall and he's got her bent face forward over the toilet, right? And he's taking his pants off. And as he's doing that, Bella kind of turns her head around and is like, hey, David, startling him. So she turns fully around now. He starts buttoning up his pants and, you know, he gets in her face and he's like, She's like, to him, you put something in my drink. And he says, you knew all along and you drank it anyway. And he kind of laughs and he calls her a weirdo. And then he's like, so, you know, what do you want? Do you want something to drink? Do you want to be awake to cry? And he kind of smirks and, you know, he says to her, do you not want to miss it? You don't want to miss it. And so now they're getting very close. Bella's standing up and he ends up grabbing her face and kind of shoves her against the bathroom stall wall. And he runs through this whole little, you know, monologue, if you will. And he's like, get over it, princess. Do you know what I mean? And he's like, there's wars going on in Iraq. And she's making a big old drama about some bloke slipping a pill into her drink because he wants to fuck her brains out in the nightclub. Stupid bitch. It's like, there's homeless people out there. You want to try living that life. And he says, fucking silly little princess, fucking self-entitled whore, right? And so these lines are really reminiscent of mm, what mm -hmm. Bella would tell herself that we learned quite a few episodes ago of how she would justify kind of putting her rape into perspective versus everything else going on in the world with the wars and people being homeless and stuff like that. Right. So I think that that's kind of the perspective we need to have for this whole scenario is that is this the rapist talking to her or is this Bella talking to herself as the rapist, and I, I still don't know yet. Um, and so then he says, you're a dumb little whore. You're just a dumb, stupid little whore, David. Okay, so now he's talking in the third person. And he now gets emotional and gets kind of choked up. And he's like, oh, this is our little secret, David. 
don't tell yeah. anyone or, or I'll kill you. You're worth nothing, David. And so then he starts crying. He apologizes and then he kind of collapses into her arms. So Who I then... just want to say, before <laughs> yeah. you go anywhere, yeah. my levels of irritation are so high in this episode. I couldn't wait for this episode to be over because I just hated it. But at mm-hmm. this point, though, when he's doing this whole weird thing where it's really her internal monologue through him and blah, 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 his voice was reminiscent of Smeagol from Lord of the Rings. Did anyone else? <laughs> oh, my God. I was That's like, perfect. Yes. He sounds like Smeagol. This is weird. I told you she had the Lord of the Rings wig in the first one. God. <laughs> and now we got the rapist sounding like Smeagol. I was like, what the hell's going on? Sorry, this was just absolutely. Well, he was no, li- reliving weird. some childhood trauma or something in his little monologue right there. And I think throughout the whole sequence, we start to, I guess, like Gwen said, we'll talk about it when we try to compare all three versions of what it was that we were given. Um, but we cut back into the club, and you see that the police have shown up, and Terry then directs them to the bathroom area. So they pop in there, they start searching all of the different stalls, but it's all empty. So you're like, what the hell, what's going on? We then cut back to Bella's flat, right? And Mm -hmm. she's now sitting on her bed with her rapist, who's talking to her about how he's gone to therapy because, you know, it's mandatory in prison. And you're just like, what? And so she asks, you know, what he was in for. And he's like, oh, just rape. Nothing else but rape. I don't do anything else but rape. And he's like, many types of rape. Date rape, spousal rape, prison rape, payback rape, rape by deception, corrective rape, all these different types of rape. And he's just like, this one man can't be doing all of this shit. So what exactly is going on? So as he's going on about that, Terry's blowing up Bella's phone, right? She's probably trying to find out where the hell they went because she's fucking up her plan. Um, And at this point... But David. Bella turns over the phone. She does. So she, mm-hmm. she doesn't pick it up. So this is the third time. But everybody does. Sees, everybody turns over the phone with Terry Cole. <laughs> okay. Simon did it twice? Uh, Bella did it. Simon did it. And mm. then Bella did it on twice. her mom's birthday. Yes, when, yes. Yeah, and then this is the third time. Yeah. Yes. Ugh, fucking Terry. She's useless. Anywho, so he keeps going on about, you know, he's not used to people to people letting him inside of their homes and definitely not into their bed, bedrooms. And he asks her, you know, why are you being so nice to me? And she sighs and she kind of goes to move closer to him and he keeps going on about it. He's like, why am I allowed to sit on your bed? And he starts stuttering and saying, you know, this is not right. And he's asking her, why aren't you scared? And he laughs and starts to get choked up and he said, it's it's like you're not scared, and because of that, he doesn't know how he's meant to be. Because I'm guessing, as a rapist, you feed off of the power that you have over the fear of the per- person that you're assaulting. So if that person's not afraid, what purpose do you serve, I guess? I don't know. So she continues to stare at him. He's like, it's just not right. And as we hear that, we then hear a car pull up, and we hear a police siren sound. So police have now shown up and they look towards the window and Bella gets up and David says you know I don't want to do anything to you or with you I just don't want you to leave me Hmm. and as he finishes that the police you hear them announcing themselves at the door and they're banging on the door and now the rapist is becoming you know frightened and he's kind of shaking and he's like you know what's happened I'm scared you won't leave me will you please don't leave me 
and he starts <laughs> to cry. And as he starts to cry, Bella goes and embraces him and is holding him. And as he pulls back, the police officer opens up her bedroom door, grabs him and drags him out. And you can see Bella kind of choked up about that. And then once again, she grabs her notepad. She begins writing some new notes that she now tapes up onto the wall. Okay. So that is done because we pop right back to act three now. Bella's in the courtyard again. And once again, everything seems to be the same. Just her demeanor is not different. I don't know. She looks kind of angry, a bit broken. I don't know. She's very tense. We see now Ben is talking to her from the inside and he hops through the window. She greets him with an all right, mate. She kind of smiles at him. He sits down at his same seat. He talks about the bird again, being quite loud. Um, and he asks her again, are you going to do the bar watch thing? She goes through the motions. Yeah. Do you want to come? He kicks back with the, with the same old, you know, I don't go out much. And she's like, well, the invite's there if you change your mind. Night falls, we're back at Ego Death with Bella and Terry outside of Ego Death, cheersing with their wine glasses. And we see the rapist friend walk in. Bella recognizes him, stares into the bar. And then we cut to Terry talking to Bella in the ladies room. And this time as they're in there, a familiar face walks in and Bella recognizes her. She sees her go into a stall. As Bella is following the lady into the stall, we hear Terry mentioning that she was thinking back to Italy and she asks Bella if she remembers the threesome that she had. So as Bella's, you know, opening up the stall with the lady, we see that this is the same lady that Bella met the night that she was getting her rape test done at the hospital, the one that she was talking to on the roof. Um, the same one that asked her if this was if it was her first time kind of, I guess, going through this experience, right? Well, she's in a she's in a hospital gown with a blood stain on her stomach. And that's the and same she's holding something. Yeah. That's the same way she looked in episode two. So mm-hmm. it's just, you know, basically the same woman now from episode two, who was at like the rape center is now in the bathroom stall. Well, she walked in in plain clothes, like in a black jacket. But when Bella yeah. opens the stall, she's sitting on the on the um, the toilet with. Uh, hospital gown on with like a it's bloody in the center and then um, you know whatever yeah she's just staring at her there's no talking no exchange but we still hear Terry talking in the background and she's saying I think they tricked me so Bella lets that stall door close and she goes to the middle stall opens that door Um, and then we hear Terry saying they literally tricked me I feel a bit mugged off And as she's opening up the second door, she sees the teenage versions of herself and Terry and Theo laughing and joking in that second stall. And then we hear... That's where where they lost me. It's like, was Theo even hanging out with them? When they were younger? Yeah. I don't know. I I guess... Yeah. This is all symbolic. Yeah. Yeah. It's all symbolic. It's It's all symbolism. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Because we hear Terry then mention Theo, and she says, I might pop into Theodora's group as, you know, that thing, basically um. her threesome was not kosher, right? And so as Bella's letting the door close, Terry asks her, you know, do you think Theo would mind? And Terry and Bella's like, no, I don't think she'd mind at all. I think you two would probably really get along. And then Terry laughs, and she's like, nah, let's not go that far. Grabs her hand, they walk out of the restroom. As they're coming out of the restroom now, the bar is empty, except for 
two guests and the bartender, right? So we but see like, the waitress and his homeboy. But I, it's right. also daylight, right? So this is the juxtaposition of like the last couple of ones. This time is Where daylight. It was time. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And so Bella's staring at the rapist, standing at the bar by himself, and she walks up to him, right? And so as she walks up to him, Terry walks past, and she goes to the homeboy that's sitting at the booth and kind of stands over him. And you're like, okay. Hmm. And so we cut back to Bella at the bar, and she's asking her rapist, you know, what are you drinking? And he seems kind of caught off guard by that. And he's like, you know, who, me? Like, why are you even talking to me? Whatever, kind of like she's flirting with him almost, right? And Mm -hmm. she's like, yeah, what are you drinking? And he gives the same order that she gave to him in the first act, the gin and orange, and then corrects it to the gin and tonic, right? So now the bartender pulls up, and I'm just going to toss this one also as a bad wig because she's wearing a similar wig to Bella's Italy wig, but just in better condition. I didn't so even I don't see know it. if that made your uh-huh. count. I didn't even see <laughs> it. Gwen was so Yeah, upset. I saw that. <laughs> I, I saw hate that. this episode. I honestly, so I didn't even see it. So y'all tell me because I'll add it. I didn't even see it because I was just counting. To, I was like, I literally was looking at how many minutes were left in this episode. So <laughs> was, if there's a bad wig, tell me and I'll add it. I don't know. You might have to go check it out and see if you want to put it on your bad wig. Well, what's the bad consensus? Wig count? But, it's this, but it, it, it was, wasn't it Arabella's wig? It, it looked like it. It doesn't matter as long as it's on another person. version of it. But, yes, I, I, but see, I, I think they're playing mind games with this because, like, I think that's Arabella, another version of Arabella in that wig. Also, I when, just care about the wig count. I, I think <laughs> it's it, another count. It's another person with a bad wig. I wouldn't count it as another person. It's, it's more like an apparition to me. But okay. we counted an apparition wig. The apparition of Bella. Oh, you're, I, I, I wouldn't count it because it's the same wig. And I wouldn't count the wig, the 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 wig in the fire starter scene either, because it's like the same wig. What's the fire starter scene? The one when she sees the apparition of herself again from well, the no, first. That the was one her, because that was Bella. Right. right. That but was, I thought the I, I thought the bartender was also Bella. Okay, I see what you're saying. Okay, well, yeah. now you guys right. are all confused, so I have to go look at this now uh, <laughs> because y'all are all very, you know, I will be the deal breaker here. What I'm going to do, I'll just give you guys a little tip, is that I will do a post, an Instagram post, where I will list all of the wigs. So we will have the final wig count imprinted. So don't worry. <laughs> Love it. Okay. All right, so they get their drink, and she asks him, you know, what's your name? And he gives the same Patrick name. Right. So she then sets down her drink and she walks up to him, gets super close. And he's like, are you all right? And she's like, yeah, I just. And then the audio kind of cuts and you can't really see what's going on, but you can read her lips at this moment. And she says, really wanna. And then the camera kind of switches over and it's facing David. So we don't get to hear what the hell she's even whispering to this dude. Right. Well, she leans in and it's like. She's sexy talking to him or something. Mm-hmm. She's kind Whispering of flirting, him sweet but nothings. Like, what could you be saying? Mm-hmm. And why can't we hear what you're saying? What minute is this? Are we over yet? Oh, my God. <laughs> <sighs> so she then walks away from him when she's done saying whatever the hell she's saying. And he follows. And as they're both heading to the bathroom, we see that Terry and his friend have switched positions. Terry's now seated at the booth hand over the sofa and the gentleman is now twerking in his suit in front of her oh is that what he was doing 
Yes. Yeah. I just, okay. I a role reversal. <laughs> hey, what did you think they were doing? <laughs> okay, I looked at it, and I stopped this. I had to pause it so many times. I saw Terry sitting back nonchalant. I thought that he had just, like, got it up because he saw his friend walking. <laughs> like, he was going to follow him. I thought he was going to, like, follow him to guard the door. But because it looked like Bella was down, he, like did this weird motion be. like he was hesitating to get up and, no, he and was, go back down. He was shaking his booty. He was slow, ho- slow, slow dancing. Was, yeah. yeah. I he just thought it was dancing. awkward. I was like, he's awkwardly deciding whether or not he wants to sit up <laughs> or get up to go to his friend or not. I had no notion that he was twerking. It didn't even yeah. <laughs> This whole shows, scenario is like their, a role reversal. Yes, yeah, exactly. That, they exactly. Did their job, that you didn't even realize that he was in that position that really shows how unusual how unusual that is for us to see so that's crazy it didn't even occur to me that he was twerking that is wild because i saw (laughs) i thought terry was just sitting nonchalantly i was like so does terry not try to really engage him i thought he was just sitting next to her and he was like (laughs) awkwardly like should i get up and follow my friend should i not he was he was doing a a bad dance move but a dance move so bad i didn't even yeah. recognize it as yeah. dancing so yeah. i was like he's like deciding whether or not to stand up like i okay i recognize the motion of up and down but i thought <laughs> it was sitting up standing down. like i just thought it was like making a decision about whether he should follow or not and then saying <laughs> oh i won't bother and then he sat back down didn't even occur to me that that yeah. was a twerk attempt wow a twerk attempt <laughs> but it also like, says something about me to ismail's point where, yeah. like, it didn't... I mean, okay. I, I watched... Okay, I'm lying. I watch male twerking videos all the time. There's Chrissy on Instagram. I watch him all the time. But I, I guess maybe he wasn't... He didn't do it well enough for me to recognize it as twerking. He was stiff. He was yeah, stiff. it was definitely stiff. Okay. He, he looked like he was exactly, about to go poop. <clears throat> he was doing exactly what Terry was doing to him in right. the last um, couple versions. Yeah, but Terry didn't look like that. She was dancing. I just thought it was a man who looked very <laughs> awkward. You have to look at it positions. again. And I yeah. think you'll see the motions and what he's trying to accomplish. Okay. That's hilarious. Yes. So the women have the upper hand in this scenario, it seems. Like they are, they have the power over the men, I'm guessing, is yeah. kind of what we're supposed to be getting from this, right? So as Homeboy is doing his little suit twerk, um, we cut to the bathroom stall and Bella and the rapist are now making out. And if you see on the bathroom stall, they're in the men's room again, because whenever she goes in there with the rapist, they're always in the men's room. But if you look at the decal mm-hmm. on the bathroom that. stall, mm-hmm. it yeah. changes from just the man to now there's like a woman flipped up on top. Right. So yeah. it's both. Right. And so now we cut back to Bella and the rapist in her room. We have that same reddish pink kind of dreamlike hue coming through the window. They're naked. They're making out. Um, his ass has nothing on Horny Man 808s, but that's fine. <laughs> um, and then they start having sex. Starts off missionary. And then she rolls on top of him. And I'm assuming she's pegging him. This is I, this the only thing she could be doing back there. 
I don't well, know. you know what? I thought maybe she snuck Kwame in the bedroom and then Kwame was hitting him from behind. Stop for it. A second. Stop <laughs> it. I did. And you I did not. You I did, did not. That's what I thought. I thought, oh, she's playing a mean trick on him. That's what, what I. You, her face was there the whole time. And we've talked about pecking a lot on this podcast. You've been here we from have. the beginning, day one. Slim, you was on episode one. I know, one. I know. But I thought maybe she was doing that to re to seek revenge. Maybe she got Kwame to go in there because they're both bald. But that's whatever. That's what I <laughs> look. That's what I initially thought. But okay. And, but I think that says something about you too. The same way how I didn't associate him with twerking. It's the same way as, like, your mind, like, what is it that you didn't think of pegging? Although we talk about pegging a lot, though. But you didn't see, like, her being that, like, your mind didn't see a woman pegging. You saw, like, oh, it must be a man. Yes, right? yes. Yeah. So I think we also have to sometimes think about, like, how we've been conditioned or what we think, right? Where it's like, oh, it's manifesting in how I'm even watching this, right? Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you're watching it and to me it was clearly it was her we, it was her but for you to process it it was like oh Kwame got in on this but yeah. Kwame wouldn't do that oh my god Kwame wouldn't do that Kwame wouldn't do that would he? well we don't know what Kwame would yeah. do do we uh, here I go defending Kwame I feel like <laughs> Kwame's not no, gonna it was like a split second like once I saw her face I was like okay she's She's hitting him from behind, but then I'm in my head. I'm like, what tools? Does she have like a dildo just hanging around to grab? And or is it with her finger? Like I was just, I just didn't understand the logistics. Well, she's humping him, so it definitely seems like they're. I mean, she's pegging him, so she must have some yeah. equipment, tools of the trade in the bag per J, and it's <laughs> in, you know using what it is. And if you guys, I know there's some old episodes. I'm not going to even. Reference them because they are problematic. Don't cancel me. But we talk a lot about pecking. So uh, we, we've talked about this topic in depth in this podcast. So if you want to go listen to some old episodes in 2018, feel free. But don't cancel me because people grow and learn. Okay. Thank you. Hey. This, this um, scene is just way too sensual for me. I'm like, where is the venom? Where is the, I mean, the whole thing. Every, every vision she's had in all three she's a little too soft with him because i'm mm -hmm. so irritated like this whole thing for same reason i'm so irritated okay well they climax fine the red hue dissipates we cut to the next morning and he's now watching her as she's sleeping she wakes up they greet each other with good mornings and he's like caressing her arm it's all really creepy and he asks her if she was going to creep out in the middle of the night and it's like motherfucker this is her place but i don't know that was weird so she's like no and he's like good and then he says he's not gonna leave unless she tells him to and she gets very serious in her face and she says go and he's like okay he gives her one last look gets up out of the bed with his naked ass and as he's walking to the door and opens the bedroom door the camera pans to the ground and we see, I guess, dead David or not so dead David <laughs> from the first act Bloody crawling rapist. himself now yeah. all from underneath her bed. Okay. And what he's holding is probably more important than the fact that he's crawling out from under the bed because he's holding a bag. And in that bag is the same bag that we saw her open up on Halloween night, I believe it was, mm -hmm. when she pulled that out yep. with the picture of the sonogram. 
and it looks like some sort of like hospital gown or something like that. It's the abortion diaper. The bag. Yes. yes. Right. The, the, the diaper. diaper. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. The diaper. Right. So I guess we, we'll talk about this later, but I have questions. We'll get to that, though. Right. So he walks out. Door closes. And we see her jotting down some more notes. Right. And she pauses and she's kind of swishing them out. I said, I tried to read the notes. I could see certain things. And it's definitely her talking about, like, I saw one sentence where it says, he locked me out, my flight not until the morning, where can I sleep? So I'm guessing that's Italy trip Well, she, she points Yagio. to the, the one, well, well, yeah. But she points to the one that is, you know, um, Garden Ben. Garden Ben, yeah, that was yeah. done in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the one next to that said, did Simon walk me back? And then it says, like, why can't I remember? Why can't I remember? Pink shirt. What is he doing? I can see his face. Stuff like that. So it's definitely a book. And I'm guessing she's just trying to figure out what order she wants to put things. So she ends up taking the two notes after Garden Ben off the wall. And I'm guessing that's just going to be the ending. I don't know. I noted she that she has off. on the same purple drawers she's been wearing since episode two. <laughs> oh, God. But they're not the mint green ones from earlier. I don't the know. The green ones were new. Y'all saying they were dirty. Those are <laughs> the fresh pair of drawers. Yes. We never saw any green drawers this whole season. All right? Absolutely. These purple drawers have been around. Okay? Zane's episode. Called, this is like a year's uh, They time. can tell the tale. God, Jesus. Okay. All right, so she walks back out now. She's at the courtyard. Groundhog again. day. Groundhog Here day. comes Garden Ben hopping through the window. And she's sitting there. And he goes back to his plants. And again with this fucking bird. He's like, that's such a loud bird. But he said it before. Like, so this yes. is in the first episode. There have been other times when he's been in the Comments courtyard. You know, commented it's such a loud bird. She says, I wonder where it's coming from. He mm-hmm. asks her what's on the menu tonight. Is she going to do the bar watch thing? And, you know, but this time, the answer is different. Yes. She says no. And she's, you know, you see her kind of swallow and she's like, I'm actually not going back. I'm just chilling here. And he's like, you know, I don't go out much. And I didn't understand that exchange. Is he just like, is it just kind of like robotic? He thinks that she's going to invite him out. So he just spouts off the line without really listening to what she's saying no 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 she said you she said you after it was you know she's actually she said she's actually not going back she's just chilling oh okay and i didn't she said, hear you you and he said you know i don't go out much you know and got she you, smiled got you. yeah yes okay okay i missed that part that that makes more sense to me now and that's yes she smiles she walks over to him and she says you know get over here and she kind of hugs him mm-hmm. and she kisses him on the head and i was like oh this is so sweet and he's like, well, what's that for? And she's like, I don't know. And walks back and he turns to her and he says, you fancy some, I couldn't make out the word that he was saying. Me neither. Me either. Me either. I tried I know, like but, three times. Yeah, I don't know what he I said. It. The accent was super thick. But she then responds with animation and physics at the same time. Absolutely. That I remember. Because. Well, they do a hand they gesture. Said they that. both do a hand gesture at the same time. Yeah. When they're talking about animation physics. But I don't know what he said. When, after, I think, it might have been episode two when she's sitting on the couch with him and they're watching a show and they say the same thing. Animation and physics at the same time. This is right before he looks up the ATM records. Mm -hmm. 
So I guess it's, you know, whatever they do when it's just them hanging out, spending time together, whatever. So he pops back inside, starts doing some stuff, and then the camera pans to the courtyard, and you see, like, one pot of flowers, and then it multiplies to get some more. Fine. I guess this, this is just showing us that time has The passing passed. of time, yeah. Growing right. as flowers grow. Yeah. Penny exactly. House will be proud. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> well, they don't want their money. <laughs> there might be an audit. You know, she she gonna have to pay for something. But um, should we cut to Bella in her room now? It's clean, which I noticed, and I was like, shit, something definitely happened. And I don't know if you guys saw the sundial poster hanging on her wall. No, but I didn't see. No, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's wrapping something, and we see somebody enter her room, call her name, and she's like, present, present, and it's Terry. And so she hands Terry the present. And Bella says, you know, before it all kicks off, and so Terry's very excited, and we, you know, can see as she's opening it that it's a book, and it must be Bella's book. She finally fucking wrote something, thank God. And she's like, oh, you went with this cover. And the symbol on the cover is the same symbol that she was drawing on Halloween night when she was at her therapist's office. Mm -hmm. Yep, about the line, yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Uh So we then see Terry open the book and turn to the dedication page. And it's their little, you know, mantra, your birth is my birth, your death is my death. And she dedicates the book to Terry, her best friend. And I'm like, what about Kwame? And what about Ben? What has Yeah, I was, I was surprised by that. But I guess it's her long, lifelong friend, so I don't know. I don't know. So they hug it out and... Terry's like, oh, I'm going to cry. I'm crying. I thought you were going to dedicate it to that Italian piece of shit. And I was like, oh, I wrote, poor Biagio. You. I was like, we miss you, Biagio. <laughs> <laughs> I sure do. I don't. That sexy beast. He's still hot, though. Yeah, he's hot. That would have been like a nice, like, can we have a dream sequence of you and Biagio, please? Like, <laughs> that would have worked. <laughs> Let, we'll talk about that in the next episode. We're going to bring Biagio back up. So anyway, go ahead. All right, we're almost done because yeah, now right. we have the whole crew sitting in the living room. It's Kai and Terry, Kwame, Theo, Bella, and Ben. They're all watching something on the TV, right? And so everybody then looks towards Terry. And I'm like, oh, shit, it's the fucking commercial. So we see, <laughs> <laughs> we see the commercial open up and Terry is walking into what looks like a car dealership, right? And she's being greeted by people. And then we Hello. see her look down. <laughs> Hello. Good morning. Uh, and she's looking at her phone and then she kind of gets excited right and then the catch line goes for good news for all news some shit about a a mobile company whatever unlimited data plan and shit like that right so boom she gets her little spotlight in her commercial the whole crew is like clapping it up and cheering for her so they're super proud of her which is you know i guess it's cute it's fine and we cut from there to bella's book in a storefront window and so you're like, okay, what's going on? And then we see a character that we've seen before. And it's Sian, the same lady that was with Susie Henny at mm-hmm. the summit. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, cool. That works. And she's thanking everybody for coming. And she introduces Arabella. And she introduces the second book that Arabella has written entitled January 22nd. And as we all know, that is the night of Arabella's rape, right? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, she yeah. said it was published. I don't. Is that the name of the book? I don't think that's the name of the book. Yeah. Yeah, that's the name of the book. Oh, it is. Oh, it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 
So, you know, Sian mentions she's talking about her first book and how, you know, it kind of went viral, even though it was just released online as a PDF for being very bold. And she's saying that's a new book, which has been released independently. So good on Bella for that, because I'm sure nobody was going to fucking represent her anyway. But she's saying that it's similar in the way I'm guessing of the boldness, but it seems like it could have been written by an entirely different writer. Right. So she's going to let Bella read the foreword and it just, you know, it's, it's a book reading, right? So Bella thanks everybody for coming. She inhales a breath. And as we hear her inhale, we hear the sound of waves taking us back to Italy because that's the only place that she loves to be is on that beach. And as we cut, you see Bella on the beach in Italy and in her same famous pink wig and she's exhaling and no, she no, smiles no. to she the camera. She was in a purple wig. She was in a purple wig. Purple. Sorry. Sorry. Purple mm-hmm. wig. My bad. And she's exhaling. She's got the fang grills in as well on her lower teeth. The same ones she had during Halloween. Um, and she starts running down the beach and the end. So that last line I said, wait, hold up. Why are you with this purple wig? On the beach. On the beach. And I said, hold up. Is this in Italy? Is Biagio, my boo, where are you? (laughs) Because we just had Terry say that she thought she was going to dedicate the book to to him. And then the last scene here is in Italy, you know, with her looking Mm -hmm. very mischievously at us. Yeah. So I said, hold up, Biagio, we not done. Okay, listen. (laughs) We not done with Biagio is what you're telling me. Because all these clues are about Biagio. She better bring him back. That's a Biagio. I said, we not done with Biagio, apparently. Well, I guess we'll see, right? Hmm. So that's the end, folks. Um... It took us an hour and a half just to go through the damn sequence of events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's too many events at once. <laughs> yeah, Gwen, I, I, I agree with you. I, I would have been fine with the last episode, the previous episode as the last episode. So what did everybody think? What did everyone think of episode 12, last episode, the three different endings in one? It's a mix of her feelings. It's a mix of how she feels so conflicted between... Terry saving her in the second version, uh, her saving herself in the first version, and in the third version, her just feeling okay with having some attraction to the guy that she met the night of the rape. I spoke to my sister. She didn't interpret it like that. She, she interpreted it. She said that the three versions were really showing that there's no right way to resolve anything or get past it right mm-hmm. and people, that's how i took it yeah everyone is going to interpret the the right path forward to be to move beyond something like this mm-hmm. and the right path forward might be i want to get revenge right mm-hmm. which is the first one mm-hmm. right and then the right path forward for the second one might be like okay well, let's get him arrested but oh let's maybe try to understand where he's coming from right you know people Mm -hmm. aren't all you know a lot of these things come people who hurt hurt people right hurt people hurt people Mm -hmm. so understanding where he's coming from and then the third one you know i i I, we didn't really know that was just i guess being empowered power yeah Yeah. just being empowered yeah yeah and doing doing that right so i 
I think it's less about, you know, Terry Hearn. It's like there are different approaches to move beyond this and people are going to have different approaches. Are you going to be empowered where you're dominating him or taking control back, which is the way she saw it playing out in that episode. Um, and then there's, you know, empathizing with him, seeing where he's coming from or revenge in right. the first response, right? That's, that's how my sister took it in terms of the three endings. I felt like it was like a writer trying to decide how they want to end their book. So we got her three different versions. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you could, and after each one, you see her changing the notes around, writing new notes. And so, yeah, I think, I think it's an amalgamation of all this stuff, to be honest. And just to build on the writer angle, the reason why I agree with that is I felt that all these three... So remember in episode 11 when Zane actually sat with her and went through that whole creative process about how she could get her book finished? I think mm -hmm. everything that we saw was the result of that. You know, she basically went through all the different scenarios and she was using her trauma to kind of rediscover her creativity because she had the worst writer's block even before what happened to her and then it became even worse after the rape occurred. So this was her working all that out using Zane's techniques that he had told her about. And the last scene, when she was on the beach, I kind of interpreted that as the last time she was in Italy, we saw her go into the water. And any time a person in literature or entertainment, when they get submerged in water, it's always kind of like a baptism or a recreation. So I kind of mm -hmm. took it as when she came out of the water, that was the beginning of her transformation of trying to get her life back and we just got taken back to that moment but i don't think it had anything to do with uh, biagio i don't think she ever saw him again it was just she's that in a different wig though when she went when she had that low point with biagio she had a pink wig this time she had on a purple wig so and a different outfit too right. I, I thought i saw that sweater before it's not the, the outfit that she it's not the outfit that she had on when she left biagio when he kicked her out and pulled a gun on her. It's a completely different outfit. She had like a short little dress. I think that's not what she had on that night. But the but the jacket looked very similar to me. It's not what she had on that night. No, it's not what she had on that night, but I've but I feel like I've seen it previously. But yeah, but if we're saying but if we're saying it's a Yeah, if we're saying it's a continuation or like something it's it's not from that you know what I mean like it's a different I mean I have I had a few different things. I was like, well, when she wore the purple wig, technically it's when she first went to Italy. So is this like a segue of like, there's more stuff we don't know? I don't know. Like, um, it, it could be a lot of things. But I will tell you, interestingly enough, when I looked at it the second time begrudgingly, because you know, people <laughs> like this, I had a few different interpretations. I said, well, hold on. These three endings, I started to think, is this about her or is this actually about Ben? And I, it was a weird line of thinking I started to have. I said, wait a minute, because a couple of things happened. Those ending, those three endings, by the way, if you look um, back to the first episode and everything, he's wearing the same exact outfit as the first episode, the rapist yeah. and the guy. So, like, obviously none of these things happened, and these are imagining a way to resolve it right because what we where the the real scene is her and terry at the bar outside and seeing 
you know, or, or imagining she's seeing it, or maybe she didn't even see him. Maybe it's just that she a, a, me- a memory got triggered and it all came back, right? Mm-hmm. And then now she's like, what would I do, right? But something, just to bring it back to Ben, something kept telling me, I was like, hmm. And at one point, this could just be a weird thing. I was like, is this about Ben? Because I said, at the, the memories come back and that's it. But because she knows what happened that night. And this now, this is an extra step beyond, like, of, like, okay, well, if I re-encountered my rapist, what would I happen? But each time, you know, it starts with Ben thinking about how he feels. I'm like, does something happen to Ben? And, and and you're kind of rethinking of, like, all of these different ways where, you know, I, I don't know. I wasn't paying attention to him. I wasn't paying attention to him. And I'm kind of caught up in my own trying to find revenge or trying to resolve my own thing. Like, if we're thinking back to does Ben eventually have a demise where he commits suicide? I don't know. This could be totally far-fetched, but I kept thinking like, you know, we're so focused on this, but maybe this wasn't even about her. This was kind of been like, damn, like I'm so busy going through my own stuff and recreating all these scenarios and trying to resolve stuff. You know, all these times thinking back to like, Ben is saying cries for help and I'm not really paying attention. I don't know. I, I just had this weird thought where I was like, is this about Ben? I don't know. No, I would say no because the book comes out, it's written, then they look at the um the commercial for Terry and Ben is sitting healthily on the couch. So Right. We should eventually does get there. But I I don't, you know, let's see if Ben what happens next season if he's okay because this mm-hmm. episode every the only thing that happened in this episode that's real is her book coming out. But the and three Terry's things commercial. never happened. Yeah, the the right. book coming out, Terry's commercial. Nothing else that happened in this episode is real. Mm-hmm. Which for me was a waste of time, but okay. <laughs> so, I mean, so what do we think about, if I were to resolve it, honestly, and I guess it depends on, you know, each person, I would have been okay with the first ending, but just not going so far, like in terms of killing him, like poisoning him, you know maybe a kick and taking your jaws and moving on. Uh, I would have been fine with the ending like that, but it's still unrealistic because you can't have this like perfectly timed thing. You know, that's silly. Right. Um, mm. You know, that's a does, fantasy in itself. Does anything, do, do many things in life get resolved ever? I think if you look at it from like, okay, maybe this is not just a story, but just like a depiction into somebody's life, right? Like sometimes things never get resolved. Things are just open. Can there ever really be an ending to trauma? Is there, there's ways where I think, you know, people can try to make sense of trauma like this, but you don't really ever get a, you can't really ever put an ending to it. You know what I mean? And I think that that's probably what she was trying to convey that, yeah, she ran through these different scenarios of how to deal with it. Like you said, violence or taking over power or trying to humanize the rapist. But at the end of the day, it has to stop being about that and it has to start being about how can I just try to move forward, right? So she's now focusing on writing. She's probably trying to focus on her relationships with people like Ben and just saying, I have to close that or else I'm just going to be stuck in that. Right. So I don't think that we really needed an ending for it. I know a lot of times people like to look for resolutions for things, but for certain things, you just can't have that. And I, I don't agree. Know, that's how I took it. 
Yeah, I agree. There, it, it to me it clearly shows that there's no resolution, and it does. It ne- life doesn't get tied up in a neat bow like TV. You know, after 30 minutes, and then everything gets resolved. So I guess that's showcasing this. Like I said, the the last episode would have been fine for me, where like you get the memories back. Cool. Like because I don't expect after you get the memories back that you're gonna encounter this man and then have these you know heroic things. Like I don't I don't expect that. You know, it's like okay, you get the memories back and then you have to process it and move on. So, I, you know, I think we see the different juxtapositions of, you know, what that could look like. And they're all imperfect, right? None of these are a perfect answer either, right? The seeking revenge goes too far. And, and it's also very unrealistic how it all happens, right? But it, it goes too far. The empathizing with, it was just weird to me. Mm, mm-hmm. It's weird yeah. and upsetting, but it happens. People do do that. People do it, I'm sure, but it was just weird. I mean, what are the odds of a guy like that having that type of um, self-awareness that he was wrong? That's the thing that made that so unrealistic. Just the way that after we saw what he went through to get her in that position, he's not going to be a sympathetic person at all. That was all in her mind to try and rationalize things. Yeah, that was just, yeah, that was her. That was her. Like, it wasn't realistic. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like, okay, this is you working through your own feelings. Mm-hmm. If I were to empathize with him, this is what it looked like. Because a lot of the stuff that he was saying was stuff she said about her, you know, like, to your point, Trinity, like, the things that she said about herself, right? So that wasn't even realistic per se. That was just processing, okay, this is another way to think about it, you know, empathizing with the rapist. And then the third one is taking power back. Well, I almost thought the third one was like, well, is that after the rape? I mean, I thought it was a little bit weird because she actually never tells Terry like, oh, I just saw him and it's a memory. I almost feel like that is like, I could redo the situation where it's me dominating him but it's more consensual you know what i mean like she offers him to go to the bathroom she takes him home she you know shits on him like get out of here mm-hmm. you know i think that's her just taking power back just in general i you know right almost like he didn't even rape her in the first place mm-hmm. i think that's a good perspective for that one yeah and then as he leaves he takes all of the baggage with him which right so this 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 baby, right? And this abortion. Is it his? Because that's how I took that that scene. That's how where I she tells him to go. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And I know that when we first saw the sonogram and saw her dealing with the fact that she did have that abortion, we were trying to figure out, well, when did this happen? Did it happen from the rape? Did it happen from before then? And it clearly looks like it was. She did get pregnant following that that rape following her being assaulted so you guys took it as that was him taking that from the rape right Mm -hmm. right i didn't i mean it's a possibility i didn't take it like that though but would she get a sonogram so soon after because when she and kwame went to the police um it was just a matter of days right but we don't know when that happened i mean it's just confusing in terms of if you want to get realistic with the the Mm -hmm. plot line for them to have come and collected those items, they did, to Jay's point, collect it a matter of days after. We're so, assuming that, though. She puts everything under her bed, right? And so the stuff that she brought home from the collection, she also put under her bed. 
And I think that initially we assumed that that sonogram picture was taken with everything else. But it could have just been something, something that she put bed. under there after the fact as well. Got it. So it just could have been something separate. It wasn't actually from that. Right. Which is fair. So she got pregnant from the rape. Well, we know she's not on birth control because the whole Zane thing. Yeah. 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 Well, damn. Yeah, that sucks. Mm. That That part hits a little different. Yeah, this was just a weird episode. Like, she and Terry came out of the bathroom in the third version holding hands. What y'all holding hands for? Well, they, they do stuff like that, though. Yeah. They, she was peeing <laughs> while Terry like was getting ready in Italy. I mean, and well, changing her tampon, rather, while mm. Terry was getting ready in Italy. So they have a close relationship like that. Yeah, I don't think that was a big deal. So she got pregnant. So, okay, so, I'm sorry, I just want to revisit this whole abortion sonogram thing. So, of all of the endings, for it for him to walk out with that and the last one. Who held it? Was it the bloody guy who held it? or was The bloody it the, one. The bloody he one. He took it from it? under the bed. Okay, yeah. the bloody mm-hmm. one took it from under the bed. Maybe, maybe she was going to keep spinning these, um, these stories in her mind until she got closure. So, when mm-hmm. he took out the the sonogram he took the her he, he took the shit that she had with it like she took he took the baggage with him and yeah, then no, she yeah, could enjoy yeah then she can the enjoy bag. ben in the um in the courtyard well no no she de- he definitely took the he definitely took the baggage with him yeah, i was so, thinking oh but so so what i'm saying is is when when she had that final vision or imagined outcome that is when she could stop having these um, stories in her head and just not go to um, ego death and stay and relax and plant and clean her bedroom and um, do all those things that she couldn't seem to do until she got the, the imagined closure of the rapist taking, taking all the shit with him. Well, she went through the three scenarios because I, well, I think it's she also didn't need to go back because if back you know it, go back to ego death because the whole point was that the criminal returned to the scene of the crime if that memory triggered everything coming back and then she just needed to process it and she finally processed it she she really didn't need to go back because there's nothing to go back there for right like she mm-hmm. basically got what she had been going there for all this time like she the, the black dude, whatever, triggered, you know, she, she got the thing, like, they came back, or he, at least he came back. By him coming back, she got all the memories back, and mm-hmm. so she left. Like, she didn't do anything else. She saw that, the memories all came back, and clearly she went home. And right. now she's processing all of these other things, which is her now getting what she needed out of that. Honestly, going to ego death every week and finally seeing the guy come back, was the closure she needed because then she was able to get the memories back and then on her own she's now figured like okay so now what would I do if I saw him blah 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 in her mind and then you know after going through these memories then she was able to kind of throw it out and then tell Ben that she wasn't going to go back again you know and she's going to be chilling but you know this is the revelation I guess that we find out that the abortion was associated with the rate quite possible but not necessarily but then holds up hold on wait a minute because right, the so timeline the timeline with biagio 
she was just with Piazza the day before, if we think about it, or the same day. Mm, you're right. You're right. Hold so on. whose babies is it? Yeah, hold on. This is a little tricky because we're acting like we had a whole bunch of time. She had flown back to Italy like the night before or, mm -hmm. or, or the same day. No, the same day and then walked out. And, and then she went out that night. So, But would we assume, because we all know that she likes to ensure that because she's not on the pill, that her partners wear a condom, we would have to assume that Biagio would wear a condom and wouldn't stealth her like Zane did. That's right? true. That's a good point. Uh, well, Zane, though, she didn't know. She was in love with him, too, so I could see her not wanting him. Yeah, but she's also not trying to have a baby. Yeah. Or they could just be having a rigorous sex and the condom broke or something. I'm not going to say anything with her and Biagio because I don't know. She didn't know Zane like that, so she won that condom. She Biagio's that boo, so I don't know. Um, yeah, but he wasn't committing to be her boyfriend. So. Ma maybe she was only. But that's how you lock it down, though. And Get I don't pregnant. think Biagio wants to have kids either. Let's be honest, the drug lord, quote unquote, that he is. Let, let alone. I don't think he's trying to have babies. Bella. If he's right. not claiming Bella, she was all taken aback that he was having PDA with her just by giving her a kiss, waiting for the Uber. So. But but a lot of times when a when a girl is trying to get a guy to like her, she may not use a condom to be like. Right. See, right. Blah, blah. So I don't. Truth be told, the timing is so close that. Like, yes, it can be presumably be that, but like you, within a span of 24 hours, you did have contact. So I was like, oh. Hmm. I would have Biagio's baby. <laughs> Even after you pulled the gun on you? <laughs> that, that. All, right, all right, Megan the Stallion. <laughs> right. Hey, hey. He, he didn't shoot her. He didn't shoot her. <laughs> he didn't shoot her, but he pulled the gun on her. All, all empathy and and uh romance but think about it gone. she could she could have been like biagio don't shoot i'm with child your child that'll be money knowing him <laughs> exactly oh, yeah, but i do think that made her probably that would make her more um i guess unstable just that not knowing who the father is and that probably contributed a lot to her entire mental state that we saw for you know the majority of the season mm -hmm. so and she probably didn't want to know, I would think. Because then you have to go back to Biagio, get him to get, uh, you know, tested and all that stuff. So I know she would not do that again. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah, it, it, it may or, I'm going to question that just because if it's so close that, like, it, it obviously happened within that time span. Could have been from the rape, but she also had just been with Biagio. So, whew. yeah, she had to have it. And unfortunately, just, you know, Regard honestly, regardless if it had been Biagio or the dude, the rapist, she most likely would have the same outcome of having the abortion. So sure, but so I just, just thought it was poignant that she had him. But hold on, hold on, hold on. With him, hold on, hold on, hold on. Something though, if we remember the apparition with the black wig, the mm -hmm. apparition was reciting what she had said to Kwame on Halloween about you trying to look like the victim. So. Mm -hmm something is not fully lining up to me because in even the most conservative societies like and even the US which tends to be very puritanical people will make the exception for abortion for rape they'll be like oh well it was rape I can understand it right hmm. and so a lot of people don't they think of that as almost like oh you're a victim that's okay. 
right? So in this situation, if it had been the rapist, it would. I, I don't know if there would have been that apparition being that consciousness of like, oh, you're not so innocent, Bella. I don't know. Hmm. So I am wondering if it's Biagio's. And I wonder if it's Biagio's too, because I feel like there's more to that Biagio story because of that sea, those last scenes of her on that water. I was like, mm, I think there's more to tell about this Biagio story. I don't know. I could be wrong. The last um, time she saw Biagio, uh, it seemed like she was reminiscing about something. And he said, is that what you remember? That's all you remember? So I wonder if there was some bad times they had and maybe Biagio is holding on to that and as a reason to not pull Bella closer. But Bella just only remembers good stuff. So what is the bad stuff? Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. Just to, I'm just, you know, not to, I know we're over prescribing on this whole rape abortion thing, but I'm like, wait a minute, it was close in time. And then for her to say she wasn't a victim, a lot of times people, if you were raped and you get pregnant, every, they see you as a victim. Like, oh no, that, that abortion is justified, right? Right. That- but for her to have that consciousness of the apparition being like, oh, you're not a victim. You're looking like you're a victim. You know, you're pretending to be one. That I'm thinking, mm, I don't know if that abortion was because of the rape. I don't think we're going to know, right? So yeah. it can be open-ended. Everything's open-ended, Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, that is a good point. So it could be either or. Either way, she's dealt with trauma on top of trauma on top of trauma for an entire year. And... You know, this is the outcome of it. At least we can say she got her book. Mm-hmm. Right? She got that out. She had to do it independently. But you can see that she at least now has this platform to fully try to move on with her life. And we'll see where it goes, I guess, you know. Well, I hope she makes enough money to pay back Susie Henny. She has no choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, any royalty she's going to make on that book will yeah. go go to pay off to that, that contract. Death. Are we definitely getting a second season? We don't know. The, we don't know. We don't know. The, the episode just is just airing. How we don't know. So it'll depend on BBC. The, yeah, BBC. How well it was received. The ratings. We don't know. So. I don't know anything else about episode 12. Like I said, you guys, we're going to kind of summarize the season in a separate episode because we're already almost two hours in here. Mm. So anything about, I guess, was episode 12 what you were expecting? It wasn't. I was I was a little. The last five minutes would have summed up the whole episode for me. I didn't need the flashbacks. And another thing that bothered me, I don't know how all these bartenders miss him spiking the drinks. Like, that didn't make sense to me. Well, remember, think, this is all her imagination. Yeah, so so it was... I would have been... Like I said earlier, I would have been fine if the pre- previous episode was the last episode. Anybody else? Ismail? Oh, sorry, I was on mute. <laughs> I was saying that... Because she's a, it wasn't what I expected, but because she's a writer, I ended up being able to accept it because basically it was her working through the process and finally getting to the point where I know it's cliche, the whole point they say of um, the best revenge is living well. So it mm. seems like she's on the first step to that because her biggest block this whole season was her profession, being a writer, being able to actually get her creativity out. Mm. So she finally was able to do that. So at least we're kind of ending on somewhat of a good note. You know, There is some forward progress 
with her life now. Before that, everything she was doing was completely stagnant and going in circles. So at least on that end, I felt that we got some type of movement with her character. She had a breakthrough. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. I'm probably the only person that liked it, but I did. Um, I enjoyed watching the character kind of work through the various what ifs. And I, I, once I was able to get over the outlandishness of it all and just really look at it from the perspective of, okay, this is somebody who we know is a bit manic and has gone through so much trying to put the pieces together and then move on with her life right so I, I enjoy seeing it granted yes it wasn't necessarily necessary for the entire scope of the show but i did enjoy its inclusion so i did like it i liked it too uh, i mean after watching last week's episode of her getting her memory back you want to know okay well what'd you do what'd you what'd you do so she you know she went home and she she processed and she used it to fuel her creativity and to clean up her mess in her heart and in her um, in her physical space and yeah so I, I thought it was I thought today's episode was necessary so that's that guys this is what we thought episode 12 it's the season has come to a close we want to summarize and package it up in the next episode so stay tuned Thank you all, Trinity, Jay, Slim, Ismael, for joining again. And till next time, peace. Peace. Later.